Gosh, that just does my heart so much good on this beautiful Friday. I it was beautiful this morning. I don't know. I've been indoors, so maybe the weather has changed. But I think it's let's say it's beautiful. Um, so if you are just joining us, you're joining us from beautiful Bloom in Westville. Well, at least you're joining one of us from beautiful Bloom in Westville. Today, it's Arts Respond on WNHHLP Community Radio. I'm your host, Lucy Gelman, and today I'm so excited to be joined by Roe Godwin, singer, songwriter, musician, multimodal, talented artist, <laughs> healer. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like wellness advisor in chief. Can I ascribe oh, that to you? <laughs> he wears many, many, many hats. And today we'll be talking about new music and, and also just catching up. So Roe, welcome to Arts Respond. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, and hi to all of our listeners, all of your listeners. Hi, listeners in the metaverse. Um, yeah. We appreciate you being here with us. Um, so, Ro, let's just jump in. I feel like it's been a minute since we caught up. It's so, been a while. So, in was it in 2021, you and the artist Salwa Abdusabor had a joint album release that was um, it was on Zoom, but it was still incredible. And I like <laughs> at this point, I've got the Zoom fatigue, right? So mm -hmm. I do not believe that a lot of things on Zoom are incredible, but this was just like you brought people into the room. You did it. You did the thing. You did um, the and thing. Choices, which we opened on, was one of the, and, and that was beautiful flute from, I think, Dylan McDonald, if I'm, if mm -hmm. I'm not correct. So Dylan, woo, woo, shout out. He's mm -hmm. in Philly. He left us, but we're not going to talk <laughs> about that today. Um, and, and then I feel like we haven't caught up for a while. So what, yeah. like, what has been happening in the world of Roe? Oh my goodness. Um, a lot. <laughs> I think that just like obviously personal ebbs and flows, you know, I feel like I too am, you know, living in a world where there's, you know, multiple pandemics going on. Um, and I'm including capitalism in that. I think oh, I'm including that um, as a pandemic. And I feel like it's one of those things where all I can do, I guess, as an artist and as a person is figure out ways to just metabolize all that's been going on around me and all of the, all of the things that are going on within like myself as well. Um, I think that um, in your beautiful introduction, um, you mentioned me being a healer, which I don't take lightly. I think that part of my mission is to give people tools through my music to be able to metabolize the things that they're feeling and to be able to do that kind of necessitates my ability to metabolize those feelings as well because I can't like I can't 
but it's just part of my my mission I guess as an artist um so I've been <laughs> doing a lot of metabolizing and I feel like um out of that has come the song form I think that there are times sometimes where our outside situations and our outside perspectives um even if they are systemic since we're bringing up capitalism like we're Connecticut is doing really badly with like our housing market and like there are a lot of other signifiers of like this kind of breakdown of capitalism but I can also imagine people like knowing that intellectually but in their heart they're feeling like oh you know like I'm not where I want to be and I can't do this and I can't do that and I've definitely been there so form is one of those songs that kind of like brings me back um to myself I guess and gives me an opportunity to say like hey like you're still you're still like in this world and you're still navigating these things with yourself and for yourself and you get to like treat yourself with love and care and just deep compassion as you're going through these things that are hard um yeah and also I made a song called form So I, I want to talk about this new song, but also you gave us like so much to unpack in what, like three minutes, um, <laughs> I think under three minutes. And so when you're talking about some of those things that are hard and feeling those feelings, like how for you, right, for, for Roe, I want to get into the specifics of how that has shown up for you. Because like one one thing, so actually today I'm like at this summit about trauma and so we've been talking all day about how trauma shows up in your body right and so how have things been showing up in in your life and like capitalism is part of that trauma right so Mm -hmm. I think that hmm the question being how has trauma shown up in like like kind of like resurfacing itself no, like, I, I mean that, but also you said, you know, things that are hard. So for you, what has that everyone's heart is hard. That's something that someone told me that I, I truly believe, but also everyone's heart looks a little bit different for some people. It's a new baby for some people. It's uh, either a new job or maybe the loss of a job for some people it's navigating like grief and transition. So how has that showed up for you in your own life? Mm. So, ah, uh, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like uh, this year, I'll just say this year has been a difficult one when it comes to understanding my relationship with my bodily autonomy. I think it's one of those things where it was kind of a given to me in my mind, as it should be. And I think that there have been ways where like people have um folk have I guess tried to like undermine that autonomy um I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be a powerful person and I think about the ways that people have tried to overpower me um in multiple ways be it through like 
religion or through um like professional settings or which are one in the same kind of um or any other situations and I think that I've been like really leaning into this ethos of power being something that I seek only for myself and only over myself and I think that the people who seek power over me um to me it's beginning to signal signal or signify I guess a lack of power that they feel that they have over themselves um that they're trying to project and externalize um by seeing themselves as a powerful person um I think that there's a lot of compassion that I have over kind of revelations that I've made and just things that have happened and things like that um but for me I have been very deeply challenged to understand um my power number one and what happens when people might try to undermine that um in one way or another I have to ask for me as a as a woman so I'm a white woman, but also for me as a woman this year, um, like already before the fall of Roe, it felt like there was some really messed up stuff happening around bodily autonomy just for um, for women, for people with uteruses in this country. Mm-hmm. And I think that in, in some ways that felt like it exacerbated all of it. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm wondering if for you that was part of this tension or if it existed, because like things like trying to control the bodies of, of women, of people with uteruses, of trans people, of people of color, like that's, that's not new. That didn't just happen when Samuel, Samuel Alito wrote an opinion. Right. Right. I think, I don't know. So AOC, um, back in January of 2021, actually said it best um, after the, I guess, the insurrection that had happened. She mentioned the fact that, like, um, someone, um, what, like, she was one of the people who thought that she was going to lose her life on that day. And she mentioned that even in that circumstance, as she's been processing it, it has. Um, I guess, unearthed a lot of other different like traumas in her life. Um, One of the things that she mentioned was the fact that trauma is just trauma. You know, it's like, it's not like people can be deeply affected by just, since we're speaking about Roe, it's not like people can just be affected by Roe and not feel all, I'm trying not to like get emotional, but like you can't think of like only Roe v. Wade and not think about the ways that that your body has been commodified, even in terms of like commodified at work um, or even in like sexual slash reproductive situations, like a lot of times like and for a lot of people, I guess, like people see Roe happening, um, women who are cisgender and transgender are feeling it. 
people who have uteruses and who don't have uteruses are all feeling what it means for people's bodies to be overpowered and for people to be met with no understanding. Um, I think it's a frightening thing. What I'm, I'm someone who values like um, research and things like that. Like I'll look up like little articles and stuff like that. And it's a frightening thing to know that people who will never know the implications of what they're doing are the ones who get to decide what is happening to a whole slew of people whose lives are now at, like, at risk, at very deep risk. And I think that with that, I'm sorry, this conversation is like, so like, just weirdly nebulous and don't apologize. (laughs) Okay. Um, but I think that there comes a time where you look at what's happening with Roe and you see or Roe like V Wade and you see yourself in the center of that. And I think that it's one, it's a thing that's very hard for a lot of people to do. Um, yeah. Another description of trauma that I really appreciate is too much, too fast, too soon. Um, or like one of the three or all of the three. And when I think about like Roe v. Wade, it just goes back into the too much category. There are too many people who are affected. Thinking about what's happening in Iran right now, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. And I think that, I think, I completely lost your question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't, don't apologize. Um, I, and I, and I also think like you're bringing up so much for me too. Um, I, I don't, was it yesterday or two days ago, Lindsey Graham spoke like really passionately about Masa Amini. And I was like, what, what is it? It was, it was this moment of like, what is going on? What's happening? What's happening? And I think that like, I, I think that there's so much that goes into it. I think that atrocities are only atrocities overseas when it comes to this country, which is so wild to me like so many different cultures and communities will be um, so passionately like um, berated, are so passionately berated by um, people like the likes of a Lindsey Graham or a Mitch McConnell, like (laughs) y'all, you, you're gonna say something about this? why right right like you'll talk about a woman's autonomy in another in another country um especially when it comes to debating like whether or not because this is also about like whether or not women who practice islam uh like have the right to their own bodies but also like (laughs) i think when it's mitch mcconnell or lindsey graham and there are plenty of white women in congress who have been talking about this too who voted um or, or not voted but who have been vocally against row like before the supreme court struck it down um this this is also about like they're willing to talk about human rights just not in the u.s not in the united states um 
so this kind of in some way in this in a very roundabout way this is like this is my brain on um either too much coffee or not enough coffee and <laughs> friday um but but this also brings us to to form mm-hmm so to tell me about the process and you've talked to me about the process of writing before, but I'm always so interested in the genesis of a piece. So like, do you, where, where do pieces come to you? Do they come to you while you're walking? Do they come to you in the shower while you're cooking all of the above? I think one thing that I will tell like other artists, um, even now is that, <laughs> hello (laughs) is that um a lot of my and it might just be for me but a lot of my best ideas have never come from like out of a place of like stress or um anything like that I think that um there's a youtuber named like Hinds h-i-n I'll type it h-i-n-d-z on YouTube and one thing that he says pretty frequently is that he doesn't believe that we have ideas he believes that ideas have us as though like it's almost like a nebulous like just like void that's filled with just like infinite creative ideas that are just looking for the right channel and I think that sometimes it comes down to like bring, coming back to yourself, whether you're in a good mood or a bad mood, whether you have a lot going on or not a lot going on, but having those times to like come back to yourself um, and kind of just be in a, I guess, receptive headspace or whatever, which is why a lot of people get really great ideas in the shower or get really great ideas like right when they're about to go to sleep or right when they wake up. I think that a lot of it comes down to like, I'm willing to, you know, receive like an idea Um, or maybe not even willing. Sometimes you just have to be like, you're just in that like mind space of like, you know, like I'm just vibing right now. I feel like so there have been such, so few times where I'm like, I have to write a song. I have to write a song. I need to follow the instructions. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like I kind of just like, avail myself to like ideas and things I feel like a lot of people need even if it's not songs per se or art per se I feel like a lot of times people need just time and space to metabolize their ideas to metabolize things that have happened to them and in that space of like of that just like processing energy or whatever like when you like kind of allow yourself to go through that that's when your brain will start having this like really cool exchange with itself of like this is how I know how to process this so this is how I will process this to a point where sometimes it's kind of like your brain just does it almost for you I don't know if that makes much sense but that's kind of been my experience as of late it does it does and I think there is something specific, maybe not about the moment, but I've talked to a lot of people. Um, first it was high schoolers. And then it was like the rest of people who are just like, I am not going to produce based on anyone else's standard because that is the sickness of capitalism. And I'm not like, I'm not here for the churn of capitalism. Yeah, And and so I think that that's another part of this. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think so too. I feel like if we reject um, that capitalistic like frame of mind, um, paradoxically, we will become like the most prolific that we've ever been. Yeah. Like our music and our art will be the most diverse it's ever been. If we come to it from a place, not like, this is what I must do, but like to survive, but this is who I am, <laughs> not even must be, this is just who I am. Um, this is how I celebrate myself. This is how I commune with myself. Like when we kind of bring um, those things out of it, not saying that like doing like making art for money is bad because like what <laughs> like I'm still getting my point two cents per stream you know so you know uh, yeah that's like um I'm forgetting the band I think it was um Della May which is based somewhere I think in New Hampshire but they performed a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at the folk festival and they talked about getting a check for 13 cents from Spotify and I always think about that (laughs) like it's so you you put so much of yourself in and you get so little out but no there is nothing wrong with with earning money for for your craft either yeah I think yeah I think that the motivation um oh I feel like I'm about to sneeze (laughs) bless you happened that was such a cute sneeze. Thank you. I yeah. Is that like on the that could be on the track? It really <laughs> sneezed on the beat and the beat got thicker in the wise words of Beyonce. Yes. Um, so so let's talk about the creation of this new piece. Because I know that it's not it's not just like you wrote a piece and you were like, hey, I have this cute thing that I wanna share with a couple of people. You <laughs> shared it with the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, via the internet, which kind of is the world, but yeah. that's another whole sickness that we need like four hours to unpack. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So the song idea kind of came to me in 2020 ish. I like had like started working with someone and honestly, like I was like, we're getting really close really fast. Like, I wonder what this could be, you know? And that was kind of like the idea of like, this is like something that's taking form or whatever. And then we fell out and just never talked again. And I was like, dang, this is kind of sad. Like, and as like, I left that alone, the song kind of kept like coming back to me. And it's just like, oh, well, you are taking form within yourself. And it's just like, these can be words that you sing to yourself. And these can offer you like a lot of like compassion or whatever. Like if, even if it's not like a new friendship or a new like relationship or like a new business partnership or anything like that, like you have you and you like your relationship with yourself is something worth investing in. Um, and it can be a site of many miracles and a site of much love and compassion if you let it. And I think that as I was writing, I was thinking about what it feels like to be deeply loved and having a place to like come home to yourself and like 
or a place to come home to or, or a person that you consider home like why can't I be that for myself and like yeah just why can't I treat myself with that kind of care and consideration so from there I started like performing it on like my guitar and just telling people to like close their eyes and just think of the part of themselves that they actually don't like the most or the parts of themselves that have been like hardest to um integrate I guess um like I would be a perfect person if not for this I could love myself if it hadn't been for that you know and just inviting people to bring that part of themselves to the forefront and imagine that part of them singing back to them like hey we have yet to take form like we have yet to integrate into something that's like beautiful and magical like we we have yet to like fuse if you are familiar with um what is it called steven universe like we have to, canon. We have to become garnet yeah it is canon yeah Wait, say that one more time. Oh, I, I feel like Steven Universe is canon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. It, yeah, if if folks don't know what we're talking about, um, don't leave this episode. Stay with us here on WNHHLP 103.5 FM. But then when the episode is over, mm-hmm. go stream Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. And I think that being able to like fuse as it were, the different parts of who we are makes us stronger, like in accordance with that canon, right? Like if we are able to integrate the different sides of our personality, the different facets of what we do, the different facets of what we've done and what has happened to us and our like fears and our sadness and our disappointments, if we can find a way to make the pieces fit together, we become bigger and we become stronger and we become more effective and we're equipped with brand new weapons to tackle on the rest of life. And it all comes from a willingness to be able to do that with ourselves. And I think that's kind of where form, if I could put it in those terms, in Steven Universe terms, um, that's, I think that's kind of, yeah, the kind of heart behind the song, because it itself has taken form, right? Like it used to be me trying to figure out, like, do I have a crush on my brand new friend? To me being like, wow, I am empowered and completely whole within myself, even as I search for wholeness. Um, well, I want I want to talk about this question of, of vulnerability, because I think that that um, is part of your work, um, especially, and, and part of many artists' work. But before that, Harry Droz, who is the man behind the controls, and Harry, you're magical, thank you. Um, Harry Droz, can you cue us into form so we can listen to the song we've been talking about, please? Thank you. 
trouble with the FCC for saying that um that is just like it's so delicious oh 
thank you. Um, and like stunningly beautiful. Um, and I, I have all the, all the questions. Um, so, so first of all, who are you singing to? I'm singing to me. <laughs> I think that it's important. I think that like, it's very, it's a very like, you know, vibey and a little bit sensual. Ah, I'm a Virgo rising. So I'm like feelings, but at the same time, I'm also a Pisces. <laughs> and I think that like being able to like feel like true, like intimacy with yourself is literally, it can be the key to so much like I don't want to say success, but yeah, I think that it can be the key to success of living like a successful, a successful life and not in the terms of like, oh, like earning a lot of money, although that can be true or like gaining a lot of popularity, although that can also be true. But I feel like having a deep love for yourself is one of the first things that needs to happen for your life to feel almost immediately more hospitable. And for me, I kind of took a take of like, you know, like having intimacy, like not having intimacy, but like being like having, being intimate with yourself requires like a certain amount of just like, you know, a certain amount of like understanding because you're the person you know the best, right? And you know all of your own secrets, you know all of your own um, experiences and things like that. Um, so like, if you aren't taking your word that you are a lovable person, like, can you really expect to like fully believe wholeheartedly that somebody that you admire, like will love you as much as you don't, you know? So I think that for me, I really souped it up with the beat. I wanted it to be like, super, like, just super like almost like romantic and stuff like that and just really flowy and so that's what I did <laughs> it it was and it, it was also like it was very sensual I was like oh I'm feeling that so, you know for you like being intimate with yourself what does that look like and I, I will say we've we've talked about all of it on the show on different episodes of the show so nothing is taboo okay I think that like, I do think that for me, intimacy looks like kind of more basic of just like making sure that my needs are being met, making sure that I'm eating and sleeping. Sometimes like intimacy means like taking a step back from work or like instead of doing something like that would have been otherwise mundane, like taking myself out to dinner or like cooking myself like a really fancy um, meal, things like that. And just being able to like show myself like, hey, this is how I like to be treated. So I'm going to treat myself these ways. I think that there have been conversations about the five love languages and about how um, like the ways that we give and receive love can sometimes sync up with the ways that we are critical of ourselves. So sometimes people who will have like a love language of acts of service, like 
they'll be the one to be like, yeah, let me bring you to the airport. Let me, let me like do your dishes and da, 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 da. And then go home to like a messy house. Not saying that there's anything wrong with a messy house, but it's just like, you're also worth the things that you give. Like a lot of people who hype up their friends are not doing that to themselves or for themselves. A lot of people who are buying gifts and going out of their way for their friends and for loved ones are likely not doing it for themselves. So I think that for me, it's just a matter of thinking of the ways that I want to be treated and just doing it myself (laughs) and just doing it myself and reminding myself that like, I'm not doing this like to fill a gap or anything like that. I'm literally doing this because I'm me. And that's enough reason for me to be treated with kindness. And is is part of that also, so I heard you say, you know, you're doing this for yourself and I love that. But is part of it also redefining um, sort of expectations for other people? I've been thinking a lot about saying no and what saying no means, but also what saying like, hey, you, you know, you said you could show up. I need you to like bring a pot of soup over to my house. Do you have that capacity? Or um, like, can you leave me alone for a little while? Or can you not leave me alone for a little while? Mm-hmm. It, it takes a lot of forms. It does. It does. It does. Oh, soup sounds so good. I'm sorry, well, I got distracted. No, that's fine. <laughs> so, you know, for you, do you feel like part of that has been... Um, also, I, I feel like often um, people who identify as women, people who identify as non-binary, and especially people of color are often told like not to ask for their expectations to be met mm-hmm. <laughs> on like a, a really basic level all the way up to things like salary negotiations at a job. Yeah. And so for you, is, is it also redefining not only your relationship with yourself, but your relationship with other people and with the world around you. I see. Yes. I think that, and I've been talking to a lot of my um, friends who are black and queer, um, who are um, black and femme and things like that. Um, But although like anyone who fits into like any marginalized group can kind of like, um, identify with this especially like feminine presenting and identifying people um the world often conditions us to underreact to everything that happens to us it's kind of like ballet of like you know that like you know everything looks beautiful and seamless um like as ballet dancers are dancing but like when like when they take off like their shoes, it's a problem. <laughs> and I think that part of the art of ballet, um, I think about also Muay Thai sometimes as well, but like part of these like arts, like performing and martial, <laughs> is that like making it look seamless and painless is literally part of the game. And I think that when society conditions you to underreact to the things that happen to you, Um, when society grooms you into believing that the ways that you're being mistreated are just ways that you deserve to be treated or are typical ways for human beings to be treated. Like when that happens and you don't fall for it, you become a problem and you become a threat because other people who have been treated the way that you are treated are seeing how you're reacting um, 
to things that are very clearly wrong um, and feel empowered to do the same. Um, but it's a, I feel like it's a problem that I would gladly, that I will gladly be. And I think that through, I don't think I noticed it until you mentioned it, but I think that like listening to this song and kind of being in this space with um, this song has kind of made me a more audacious person. Um, through listening to the song, I feel like I've always been so forgiving of other people and so like critical when it comes to me. And I think that even in the production of the song, usually like making music is something that feels like really scary and hard for me because I want to do my best and I want to do the best. And I feel like I always fall short to people who have teams of producers and like teams of engineers and things like that. Um, but this time around, just listening to how far I've come was beautiful and being able to like come out with this song um, and listening to it like more and more, it's kind of like penetrated like my subconscious of like, look, I'm still growing and I'm still learning. And if there are people on the outside who, who aren't messing with me for being me, for just inherently who I am, that's not a me problem. That's not a me problem. I think that for me, like this song, I don't know, thinking about like almost feelings of like romance with myself. I find myself to be someone who is on the a little bit more protective side. So I feel like that's been showing in my like life as well of like, hey, please don't talk to me like that. Like what's going yeah. on? And, and self-protection is real. Like that is, it's, it's really, really, imp I think it's important. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, I mean, Ro, there's this interesting tension where you're an artist. So your work is now very public. You've like pushed this thing into the world. Mm -hmm. And also I love that part of this, like, like at the core of this is your relationship with yourself and also your protection of some of yourself. And so I'm wondering, you know, what comes in our last sort of like six or seven minutes together, um, what comes next? And if the answer is like, I don't know because I'm being in the present. I'm here for that. <laughs> um, there are things that are coming. So um, one way that I have taken form and have taken shape is um, by being able to ask for help and to ask for support. As you know, Angel was supposed to be here. Um, uh, I don't know if I should be, uh, whatever. That's, um, that's a, just, we're shouting out Angel DeFay, who is, just an, inc an incredible, like another Renaissance woman in oh, New Haven yeah. and, and just like an incredible human being, um, the just mastermind, the brilliant mind behind Sweets and Sounds, uh, behind Jubilation, which uh, is in New Haven and now in Hartford. So Angel, we say hi and um, just thank you for all you do. You're amazing. Yes, thank you. Um, what I will say is that um, our friendship has kind of encouraged me in so many ways to um, be able to show up for myself. I think that for me, I have a little bit of, um, of like, I don't know, the upbringing that I had was like, whenever something cool would happen to me, like either a parent or a sibling or um, just someone else would see my excitement and just feel so like, angry like just offended by it um like I've been told um 
that like certain accomplishments are like not that big a deal. Um, I remember, uh, I remember when I was younger, um, for my senior prom, I was getting my makeup done and I was like, not, I was kind of like lanky and like just awkwardly tall and stuff. And, um, this was the first time where like I was with a makeup artist who like specializes in beauty and they were like wow have you ever considered modeling and my mother came running and was like no don't tell her that it will go to her head and I think that it's kind of developed this fear of being public when it comes to like cool things happening to me because it almost feels like there will be someone like running to like to ruin it for me either to like um like mess up the opportunity itself or to like even just mess up my vibe while the opportunity is happening and Angel is one of those people who have who has been like in my ear saying like hey like if people get offended by you having like have like something good happening to you if people get offended by something good happening to you especially after all that you know that you've been through that's not a you problem to solve and for me I've realized like certain ways that it's been manifesting like I don't really post that often on Instagram but now I do now I now I'm doing better and like every time I post something I'll be like what do you think okay I'm pressing share (laughs) um so yeah, I think that being able to have um, that support and being able to invite that support in um, is something really, um, really important for me. And I feel like because of that, like we will see many more posts, <laughs> maybe a little bit more music, maybe definitely a little, like that's, it's what, it's kind of my thing. Um, so more music is coming. Um, really cool things are on the way. Um, yeah. Um, and if people, I feel like we need four hours for this, but, um, (laughs) we only have like two more minutes. So maybe I'll have you back when the, since you said new music is coming, which is like little heartwarming thing to hear on a Friday afternoon or any afternoon or morning, noon, night, Mm -hmm. wee hours in the morning, whenever, um, but you know, if, if folks are listening to this and they don't know who you are, which they should Ro Godwin, um, <laughs> how did they find you? Um, oftentimes in Atticus, <laughs> but online, they can find me at, um, let's see on your streaming platforms. You can find me at Ro Godwin, R O space G O D W Y N N. On Instagram, I'm Ro Godwin the first. Um, and those are kind of the only places that I'm really active. So stream my music and I hope you like it. How how could people not? I'm just saying, I'm <laughs> supposed to be like an unbiased reporter, but whatever. Um, it's angelic. <laughs> I'm not going to use a certain uh, qualifier because the FCC wouldn't allow it. Um, but, but Ro Godwin, thank you so much for joining me today on WNHH 103.5 FM. LPI messed that up, New Haven. Um, This has been Arts Respond. I just want to thank you so much. Um, If you're out there and you're listening to us, please listen to Rose Music and then support it and stream it and buy it. And I don't know, 
send her money on Venmo? Can they do that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Reparations. I mean, yeah. Well, okay. Reparations. I don't know because although I am black, I am not African American. I'm an I have immigrated here with my family. So I feel like reparations, yes, for me, mm, probably not. <laughs> but I, I would say like, they should support your music. Yes. yes support my music. And, and like you as a human being. And me um, as a human being. And I, I will also say um, you're someone who has invested in wellness, not just for yourself, but for the community. And, and so I think um, it's, great if people can also find out about the work you do in health and wellness. So um, Ro, I just want to thank you so much. I'm sorry if this has been a little bit discombobulated. It is just, I don't know, like that is just my brain right now. Um, but I want to thank you so much for joining me on WNHHLP. I want to give a special shout out to Harry Droz, uh, who is the man behind the controls. Harry's anniversary. I think it will mark 35 years of being married. That is difficult. I have hardly gotten through two. So Harry, good job. Um, We love you. We love your wife. Um, Bless both of you and travel safely if you travel for your anniversary. Everyone have a great Friday. Happy Friday. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks, everyone. Could I be your friend?
Take for we have yet to take for 